0: Up,
1: o men of God.
2: Have done with lesser things. Counterculture is a group of Christian men who gather for the purpose of recovering biblical manhood. We believe real manhood is necessarily defined by the God who made man in his image, not by cultural constructs. We believe a recovery of God's design for men is essential in God's renewal of a fallen world. Therefore counterculture exists to inform, equip and encourage men to be the men God has created and called us to be for the good of our families, churches and communities and for the glory of God. up,
0: men of God. The church for you
1: Hello and welcome to the Counterculture podcast. I'm Talon Franks. I'm youth pastor at Corinth Baptist Church in Lake Park. We're joined today by Brother Mike Frazier, pastor of Grace Baptist Church in Naylor, Georgia. Brother Clay Parker, he is outreach pastor and leads the college ministry at Redland Baptist Church. And Brother Clint Wilson, who is college pastor and worship pastor at Perimeter Road Baptist Church. We're excited to come to y'all today. We're actually broadcasting from grace baptist church over in historic naylor georgia brother mike's been nice enough to get us all set up and ready to go and we're excited to bring you the first podcast to you guys today we're going to be focusing on what is counterculture and why we exist as an organization brother mike frazier we know that you've got us ready for today with some speaking points and uh you want to get us started with
2: what is counterculture yeah yeah um we're a group of men that been getting together now for, I don't remember the exact date of our first meeting, but uh, Brother Clay, uh, he kind of, I, I see him to be the instrument that God used to actually get us together. He came to me, I remember, I think it was at a benefit dinner we met together, maybe the first time we'd even met, and he had mentioned to me um, a, a gathering of men getting together, and, uh, you know, we see all around us just, you know, manhood is completely perverted like so many other things in a culture that's rejected God. Man, he was excited about that. I told him that I was, and he invited a few of us together that he had talked with. And I don't remember where our first meeting was at, but uh, we met, and, and God has blessed us to continue to meet now, I think, for a year, maybe touch even over a year. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I think,
0: I think over a year at this point. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's been exciting. We've just been focusing on God's Word. Uh, culture can't tell us what a man is. God can. And uh, we're we're letting trying to let him do that. Keep our head down in the book, and we have uh, we have really for for this time. We've met probably uh, half a dozen times, maybe, maybe seven. I, I don't remember the exact number, but anyhow, it's uh, it's it's been good. We've been in the book. We've been trying to hold each other accountable, encourage one another, and and we're going to continue, Lord willing, to do that. Because because I need it. We need it. I think all of God's men. Uh, need it we're going to look to him to inform us and uh, trust him to equip us to do it and carry it out and and we'll trust him to to bless it in a culture that needs uh some manly light shed on it
1: i believe our first meeting was at koya can uh i do believe that's been our home base for lunch time well, i
2: remember lake park Didn't we was it uh, was park? it
1: rodeo i knew there was tacos involved because <laughs> brother mike <laughs> frazier was involved that's and right. we know he's getting some tacos yeah, but, that's right yeah well, Clay, this was kind of your brainchild, I guess what what convicted you and and gave you the desire to get this started so
0: honestly, this has been a passion of mine since uh my wife and I found out we were having a child. we had tried to have children for years um, with no avail. Uh, God blessed us with a child when I found out I was having a little girl specifically, as Mike knows, me and Mike are the only girl dads uh, at the table <laughs> um man, your whole perspective on life changes, because we, we really thought we were having a little boy. Um, both of us did, and you know all the old wise tales and um, how people say if my wife's belly's hanging a certain way or whatever, where well, you're having a boy. We know you're having a boy. Well, God had other plans, and we went to the doctor. Lo and behold, we're having a girl. And the look on both of our faces, my, my aunt went with us. She doesn't have children, so we allowed her to come with us. and. She took a picture of both of our faces when they revealed that we were having a, a girl, and both of us were like, <laughs> like, neither one of us had anything to say and because uh, we, we haven't even considered it. So my whole outlook on life changed at that point. And I was thinking to myself, I never want my girl to marry the man that I was before I came to Christ. Amen. So um, it, it changed my whole outlook. From that moment on, God convicted me of who I was and who, and, and, and Vody preached a sermon on this before, on not forgetting who you were, like forgetfulness as a sin almost. Uh, and I never considered it at that, not forgetting where God brought you from. Mm. And, and I think that's where I was in that moment. And it convicted me to my core and frightened me to my core that I, I, have, to, I have to learn how to be a biblical father and and tighten up on being a biblical husband because my daughter needs to see that and she needs to find the man that the Bible instructs her to look for, but I have to show that. Um, So I think initially that's where that came from. Um, Beyond that, I I started studying immensely on how to be a biblical father, a biblical husband, Um, and and the Lord kind of brought this opportunity about through our church. We had... uh, an event before COVID started and, uh, kind of like a conference. And then we were doing Q and A's at night and one night Jay asked us to do a Q and A on biblical manhood. And, uh, me and brother Jim, who's a part of our group also led that group. We had made mention that, Hey, we're thinking about starting a men's group. We're very convicted of the state of manhood in this country right now. Um, and during that Q and A, we had very good response, very good questions in that Q and A. Had a lot of people convicted during that Q&A. And after it, um, we really kind of got blown up by people responding. I didn't realize Jay recorded it, and they put it on Facebook. Had a lot of response from Facebook. Had a lot of people call me. as like, hey, what's the deal with this men's group? Let's get this thing going. We want to be a part of it. Um, and then I think it was the Options Now banquet. Not long after that, me and Talon went together, and I ran into you, and we had made mention of it. We have been talking about it, and we're like, let's make this thing happen. So uh, here we are, honestly. That's yeah.
1: Brother Mike has a way of making things happen. I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome how we got started. Uh, we've, we're missing several members today. We're going to bring them in as we go on throughout the podcast. But Brother Yancey, my my lead pastor, uh, Brother Jim Vaughn, who's over at Redland. Who else? Am I? Brother Jay Watkins, also at Redland. So we've got a really great, strong group. I think a big desire of the podcast where we were having all these great discussions at lunch and. We felt like we needed to get some of this stuff recorded and get it out i know i've been blessed with it sitting with you guys and uh i'm convicted and and i learn a lot sitting with all of y'all and hopefully we can extend this to the men who are showing up once every other month but hopefully we can get more information to them uh, more biblical teaching to them other than just that one time that they come around even though that time's great so we've gone through when we started why counterculture why is that what the name that we've gone with why is that a desire for uh,
2: I, I would like to know do you do y'all know who actually came up with that i just remember jay showing up like at the second meeting and yeah. saying we're counterculture
0: so jay actually came up with it so we started discussing like where were we going to go with this like because we had such a response so fast and so rapid it was unexpected honestly and uh, and then when you got excited about it, and then we, Yancey and and Talon and I had already kind of been discussing it, and Jay and and Jim because you know they're pastors with me at Redland. Um, so we had a group of guys here, a core group of men, and then we. Brought Clint in with us because he's smarter than all of us, and that, that was the main reason. <laughs> but you know, we got such a good salt. That's why we're not letting him talk. I, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. The <laughs>
1: professor.
3: I'm just going to point out that Mike used the word punctilier when we, before we started.
0: That <laughs> should just answer all that.
1: <laughs> we'll let y'all have a smart off later <laughs> on. But
0: but yeah so i I don't give jay credit very often um
2: and uh (laughs) he's right he does not
0: we love each other but we've known each other a long time so uh but yeah he he actually came up with a name so we were talking about it and jay said what do you think about counterculture in the context that um the culture is leading our men astray right now we need to alter that and I, i said yeah i like it so that's where it came from.
2: I was a little skeptical uh, at first. I was like, you know, we could come up with something better than that. And just honestly, that's what I thought, Big Dumbo me. But the more we've went through this, I, I think it's very, uh, you know, it's a very good name uh, for us because the the culture really, for you know, it defines manhood. Uh, they they're the ones that have it all messed up because manhood. Anytime you look at it, it's it's a relative kind of idea. Culture societal norms establish what manhood is and uh we know better we know that the god who made us uh, designed us to be the men that he's made us to be so you know and that is always counter uh, to culture so yeah good name clint talk to us about. yeah yeah i
3: uh, i definitely want to speak to that because i remember i came in a little late to the game Um, i was asked to speak several uh sessions into the monthly gatherings and um and I remember what made me really kind of latch on to the vision was, ironically, was the culture of the gathering. Um, and, and, and so I think the, the idea of culture and how culture is shaping of what we believe about things and the way that we do things is, is very important. Um, and uh, it was Henry Van Til who kind of says that uh, culture is a people's religion externalized. So it's kind of what people believe religiously when their religion goes public, that's a people's culture. And so we see that in the unbelieving secular culture around us, you know, that that they worship of self um, and self-identity, and you kind of make your own reality. That is the the unbelieving culture that we're just surrounded by that is so predominant around us. Um, But Christian culture is a thing as well. And when we get a a group of men who who share common religious convictions and the common worship of God um, together, it creates something compelling that men want to be a part of. And I wanted to be a part of it. I was like, this is a group of men that I want to be a part of. Um, And um, so I was really encouraged by that. So I think it is a a fitting name because it is. It's it's a counterculture to what is mainstream, but but it's not cultureless. But it's actually a better culture, a more uh, compelling culture, and uh, more weighty, and uh, just it's it's a good culture to
1: be in, particularly on Thursday nights around around the dinner table.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So
1: our desire is for a counterculture to eventually change to refining the culture that we have countered through the working of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I mean that that is our ultimate goal, uh, whether that be you know in our city in our church, in our family, that is the goal of what we're doing is to bring the culture under the, the, or more in line with scripture.
3: Yeah. At perimeter road, we've used the mission statement, uh, penetrate the culture as part of it, purify the church, penetrate the culture. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I like going, we, we penetrate the culture with a better culture. Like we, we take the culture of Christ, um, into the unbelieving culture with the God message of the gospel and living lives according to scripture.
2: That's right, being salt and light. Yeah, I mean, that's, exactly that's right. what being salt and light. And, and you know, you you look at manhood, and, and, and it is uh, it is formed by construct, uh, but just not the right construct. We can be God-designed manhood, and when we live in obedience to his design, we can actually show. I love the fact that, that we've got a lot of young, young boys that have been coming, and I hope that we would get in the habit of, of men bringing their sons with them, uh, even as young boys, because I think it's great for them to see a group of men singing songs and talking about things from the bible that you know that are specifically about how to be a good husband how to be a good father and see even though they see us fail uh they see us trying you know they see us trying and then we can start providing better models than john wayne or ray romano or anybody else for that matter we can start to look like christ who uh, like kobe had spoke to us about at one of the meetings he's our ultimate uh model to to walk after
1: That's good stuff. Uh, Having two young young sons, or one of them not as young, senior in high school, and them being able to be around this group of guys and be around the counterculture. we actually, we're talking about at lunch today, the place that most of these young men are at is so much better than where we were at. Uh, Clay and I basically being best friends since we were three, I can speak to the fact that neither one of us wanted our daughters or sons or anybody to be married to the men we were before Christ, and now being around other men and letting the word refine us and help us to be better husbands and hopefully the next generation be that much better than what we've done. is uh, It's really encouraging. I'm thankful for that part of the group as well. Amen. Yeah. What about what have we covered so far? Who would like to jump into that?
0: So this year we, we wanted to be more intentional. So last year I think we just kind of – um gauged it we we kind of wanted to see where what kind of response we would have we, we had no idea um uh, or i didn't um you know we met first time at at camp rock uh of georgia which is uh, a, i'll throw a pitch in for them and i'll have to have copyright for that yeah. <laughs> a great a great organization here in and in, uh in valdosta our hometown that deals with foster care and adoption um and it's all faith-based, uh, but they have an awesome facility that we were gracious enough to allow us to use um, for free. And uh, we gathered there, and we weren't real sure how many people would show up. I'm, I was thinking probably 30, and I think we had like 70, um, more than double the amount of people that I ever would have imagined would have showed up. So it was encouraging to me, not in a pragmatic way, but that um, that that the the desire was there for men to, to, to counter the culture. that We were talking about this at lunch today. You, you see in the secular world so much going on, and, and I think that uh, people are just, just tired of it. They're tired of what the worldly culture is feeding them and pounding them, and, and they're they're searching, and we need to be there to share the truth and to change the culture in a biblical way. Um, so last year we were just trying to kind of gauge that and, 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 see what the desire was going to look like. And we saw that it was, it was great, which was encouraging. Um, and we had some great messages from some great pastors. Brother Mike, uh, brought our first message, I, I believe. Yeah, it was the first, I think the first message, uh, Clint came in and, and knocked it out part with a, with a great, uh, biblical worldview, uh, message. And, uh, this year we wanted to be more intentional. Um, we, we had a set game plan. Um, we started with the foundation of biblical manhood uh, in Genesis. And, and Kobe, uh, Brother Mike's associate pastor here, um, he delivered a, a stellar message with that. And then we talked about the challenges um, of that and the need for Christ. And um, then, we, then we moved to the house and, um, and to the home life, which is where it changes, what we know it changes, what we're talking about. The, the way you change the culture, we talked about this today at lunch, is, is generational um in the lives of your sons and your daughters and for future generations um and brother ed falgett came down from illinois he was gracious and 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 really uh did a dynamic um message on that and uh so so yeah we're we're, we're very intentional this year in, in where we're headed um to disciple men and 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 hopefully for them to disciple their children at home and their wives and and co-workers and and to growing in the biblical men instead of worldly cultural men.
2: That's right. That's right. We we've been real exhaustive too. I mean, uh, we're we're longing to get more men to come. And and hey, if, if you happen to be listening, come uh, th- August 31st Thursday night. We'll make an early plug before we close out with with that as well. But. Um, David Paul, can you remember, brought a great message from the... Yeah, Brother David from yeah, Benevolence. Josh yeah. Poole, Josh yeah. Poole uh, another solid, you know, yeah. and both of those messages came out of Genesis. And, um, you know, we've just been keeping the hammer down. I need the hammer down on me. Uh, I need to be reminded um, over and over and over, and I need that stuff to stick to me. Um, you know, our, our little intro has got this song, Rise Up, Old Men... And that thing is stuck in my mind, and it's been really, really strange. I'm walking around the house, and I got a, uh, I'm aggravated at my wife about something stupid, and I'm singing "Rise Up," oh, you know, and I'm thinking, <laughs> and, and it's been like this constant <laughs> reminder, like counterculture has, like the meetings, like our meetings, keeping, keeping, uh, keeping the thumb, God, keeping His thumb down on uh, me, and 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 I think I'm not alone. I, th- I think we all need that thumb down on us. Uh, so we've we've stayed away from fluff messages and trying to keep it real, um, and and God's God's blessing it. Um, he's, he's blessing. Yeah, it.
3: I I really appreciated uh, Kobe's message, and I remember we gave him a hard time because he didn't stay on topic, <laughs> yeah. or he stayed on topic, he didn't stay on the right passage that he was assigned. <laughs> yeah. um, and I remember him. You know, the passage was uh, the topic was the bi- foundations for biblical manhood. And um, you know everyone's expecting him to go to Genesis one, creation of man, and as he says, "Turn he was your." Assigned. As yeah. he was assigned, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he said, "Turn your Bibles to Isaiah 53. <laughs> I'm like, "What?" I was like, and I was thinking, "What's he going to do? Like, how's he going to do this? Like, how's that going to work?" And then as he started working through it, just pointing our eyes to Jesus as the biblical man, yes. I was like. Yes. How did I miss that? Like, why? And so, what I realized is even even in recent where I have been an emphasis in my discipleship has been focusing on becoming a better man uh, for my wife and for my children and for our church. um, That I had taken my eyes off of Jesus, and even in my intentions of being more godly, I had been setting my eyes on other men that aren't Jesus, right? And it was it was convicting to say that. Wait a second, I'm. I'm neglecting Christ as the prototypical man um, and looking to lesser things. Yes. Um, and that was just a very good just correction to see recalibrate the compass of my heart to look back to Jesus. as like, this is what uh, true biblical manhood is. It's, it's the Isaiah 53 Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Did y'all,
1: did y'all notice how shocked Clint was when he said, how did I miss this? I'm not as shocked when I say, how did I miss that? Because I say it a lot more than Clint does. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, I think authenticity is something that that we've been able to find. We've been blessed. We've got these men, a lot of them who not only have knowledge of Scripture, they have wisdom. They've been through a lot of the things that they're preaching on. They failed. Ultimately, we know that that failing and correction is part of the Christian walk, uh, a main part of the Christian walk. And a lot of these men have been through it. They've been there. They've done that. They've been convicted. They've been corrected. And uh, just having that authenticity is something that you don't find today, uh, especially in manhood. We look online and we see all these so-called men, and there's really not much to them. You know, They might be able to pick up a lot of weight. They might be able to uh, make a lot yeah. of money or attract a lot of women. But ultimately, that's not what manhood is. It's shallow. The world knows it's shallow. So when they see real manhood, it draws people. They, it, we have a desire for it. And uh, ultimately that, that is something that we've been blessed with, with this group. And uh, I'm excited to see what's coming in the future. The next one, August 31st, we've got Joby Crane coming to bring that message. And it is on the family, the home. Uh, family worship is gonna be a focus of that. That is a convicting message for many of us men uh, that have failed in that area yeah. over the years. and uh, yeah. it's, very important i'm excited for that message uh brother yancey also brought a message yeah he did yes yeah what was that the second message i, I think, believe yeah i think he brought yeah. the second message and that,
2: a, i'm glad you mentioned yeah. that because that was a great message i mean uh, that brother was prepared and it was a great message and it was funny now i can't remember because him and i used uh, illustrations of uh, men that we had been influenced by you know and i was like john wayne you know, and and then he came up with all these like old WWE guys, these old wrestler guys <laughs> that you yeah. know, influenced him. So I always thought that was funny, but that was a great message. Yes, really spent
1: about forty percent of his childhood dressed as Sting, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. used to love some old wrestling. Yeah, as and hopefully, most of us.
2: hopefully, on the uh, on the video, we might be able to at this point show if we can get a picture of of Yancey dressed up like that. We could show that in the video mm. now. So I'll maybe s- I'll uh, see what I can. do. I think
3: that could be a good fundraising event as well. <laughs> (laughs) We can have all the founders of counterculture, you know, wrestle one another, dressed as their favorite WD. Hey, guys, I'm here,
2: but I'm not here for that.
1: Uh, I'm I'm all in. Yeah, I'm not
2: here for that. I'll run the camera. Yeah, yeah, there you go. No, but the the messages have been great, man. And I I appreciate y'all bringing up, you know, that Isaiah 53 message, um, you know, in Christ. I think of that text where um, it says that, you know, there's one mediator between man and God, the man. Mm-hmm. the man. And, and Kobe, Kobe did. It. it was an excellent choice. And it was actually, it would have been perfect. Like the three sermon. He told me that afterwards, he said, yeah, that probably would have fit better here, but it didn't make any difference. God was sovereign over where that fit. And I needed that message. And it fell right in with Ephesians five. I mean, you think about it, um, in the marriage, I mean, who's our model, uh, to, to be a, the, the godly husband. It's, it's the, the bridegroom himself, Christ, uh, you know, and, And all of this makes me think of how hard, because we're called to love and live like Christ. And, man, that's impossible apart from him. But by his grace, man, he's helping us. Um, I share a a similar moment with you, Clay. Um, I, I can remember it just like it was yesterday in a sense. My son was like two years old. I had been real inconsistent with leading family worship. And I I was really convicted about it. You know, he was getting old enough, he was talking. And, and, you know, and, of course, we would read, like, every now and then and this kind of thing. But I really had this um, strong sense that I needed to gather my family in the Word daily, you know, unless God hindered, you know, just daily. And um, I remember really just having this—I was just fearful because I just—I mean, I was just fearful, you know. And I was really afraid that, okay— because even then i was thinking you know time this could go by quick and and he's going to be grown and this opportunity is not going to come back and i think when when men become fathers that is like a time of great sobriety man you know I, i'm hoping i'm seeing a lot of young young guys at our meetings and man that's like a i mean that that might be like second to you know your actual conversion i mean it's a, a sobering humbling thing and you know, even by common grace, man, fathers love their kids, you know, for the most part. And um, you know, so man, we can be a help just to meet men there, just to meet men there. You know, I, I'm, you guys are right in the middle of it, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of on the backside of it. My youngest is now 18, and um, but it's just so important. It, it excites me if we can get just a few guys to be committed to to family worship, then brother that brothers that's going to change that that changes things that changes things. we've got to believe that changes things that's the way we're really salt and light uh that's the way we start to see culture change is is we've got to do it uh what what seems to be nobody you know you think it's a little small thing but when you commit to it and you do it you know that's what god blesses steps even little steps of obedience and that's an intimidating thing, too. Like you had uh, alluded to, Tal, it's an intimidating thing to call your family together. Mm-hmm. And we're going to read the Word of God, and we're going to pray. And I, as a man, am going to lead it. Uh, even for a guy who's a pastor, who's been equipped, I mean, some, you know, to, to establish that pattern. And for me, I think that's my greatest hope in all this. I mean, there are, you know, obviously there will fruit come from that. But I think foundationally that's at the heart of, of manhood when we're husbands and fathers.
1: If the family fails, everything else falls. Everything. And, and I think the, we have failed to address that as a church for a long time. Uh, yeah. And you know, through the feminization of of the church, I think the the dad stepped back and didn't take a lead role. I'm excited that we're challenging each other, challenging the men that show up, and anybody's listening to the podcast to be the shepherd, to be the priest of the home. And uh, it's been convicting for me. Uh, The Lord has used this to definitely uh, correct me on several things I'm very thankful for. Uh, Speaking of using your kids, I remember the first time that I asked my kids for forgiveness and had to repent on how I corrected them or how I reacted to something. And that was tough. And then after I did it, it changed so much of our relationship. Even though they were young, for them to see a dad accept uh, failure in in a certain situation, that, that is so important to go right along with the worship and the leadership. I think we want to try to have an air of perfection Mm -hmm. with our children, but they're not fooled. Just like, you know, we can think we fool somebody, but our kids see our failures. And for us to address those, that's something that has really, really helped me, uh, as far as my relationship with my boys. And, uh, it's tough, you know, leading family, Uh, Just like I've always said, sharing Christ with your best friend or being there for your best friend when it comes to spiritual things. Because just like I said earlier about Clay and I, we pretty much know everything about each other. Like he knows all my failures. I know his failures. So throughout our lives, to be able to stay friends and to be able to address things with each other, it's a challenge, man. It's a lot easier to go up to a stranger on the street and, and to preach boldly and speak boldly. But when we can have a group of friends like this that can do it to each other, it's just such a blessing. But having that standard, the biblical standard that we're yeah. that we're all striving for, is is it's awesome. It's good stuff.
3: Yeah, and I wouldn't be uh, putting in the effort and taking the risk uh, to lead my family and family worship or discipleship and these things if I didn't have the encouragement of knowing that there are other men doing the same thing. Like. It, Let's not even consider just the the benefit of having an example to follow. Like that's even that's even better. But just knowing that I'm not the only one doing this um, is a huge encouragement. So I think that's the benefit of us gathering together and being able to have these conversations and to encourage one another. Say, hey, yeah, I'm doing this too. Um, and so you're you're not on an island um, doing
0: these things. It's very it's really helpful.
2: It is. Amen. Good stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think we're. We, we've talked about it before. Um, we're very blessed here locally. Um, we, we have a group of pastors in this group just alone and that show up the counterculture, um, uh, that aren't even like we, we make the decisions as far as speakers. Um, like I trust brother Mike when he told me Kobe, I didn't know Kobe very well before he came and spoke, but I trust him cause I trust brother Mike. Um, but not even from that perspective, but, just as a, at a local level in Valdosta, I, I think a lot of times we forget how blessed we are here as far as the faithful pastors who preach the Word of God um, and until you talk to other people. So um, through the Valdosta Ministry Center, we've been bringing in um, missionaries and I was speaking with a guy. He, ate, he actually ate lunch with us, Andrew um, when we met at Kooy cool Can's last time. he came with Jay, super nice young man, uh, faithful young man, biblical pastor. But he, he sat down afterwards, and he didn't say much in that lunch. Um, he was just sitting there listening. And I talked to him later that night, and he says, man, you guys are a solid group of brothers. <laughs> and I just laughed, and I was like, why do you say that? He's like, man, I didn't say much at lunch. I just wanted to sit there and be encouraged and listen because you don't understand where, at, where I come from. I'm kind of on an island. I'm just surrounded by different denominations and people who don't believe the same way I do. And um, it's challenging to have to face that every day and, and be faithful. And I think sometimes we take that for granted, um, that uh, it, it's such a blessing to have a group of guys that we can go eat lunch with uh, every week and, and gather with and fellowship as a team, uh, like-minded, focused on the same thing, Christ-centered. Um, is, uh, sometimes we, we kind of take that for granted, I think. It's encouraging and we love it, but it, until you hear a perspective like Andrew's, Um, You're like, man, we're blessed for sure.
2: Yes, yes. What you think, bro? All
1: right, let's
2: let's talk. Let me make a plug for the uh, the next meeting, August thirty first, Thursday night, six o'clock, Vout Austin Ministry Center. I got to get closer to the mic. (laughs) Um, We've got some books. I got a case of books. We've been taking up donations to cover our food because we have a nice, good meal every meeting and we had some uh, last time we did a fish fry Uh, folks donated money the fish was donated so we took the money that we took up to get some books I've got a copy everybody should be get a copy of Joel Beakey's book Uh, how should men lead their families it's basically just a booklet uh, honestly but it's good Uh, also got a handful of copies by Joel Beakey family worship and we want to just whet appetites you know these aren't like overwhelming to read and we're hoping that we can get enough men. Uh, Joel Beeky's also got a book. It's called A Family Worship Guide. It's a great tool. Man, it's a great tool. It actually makes a devotion out of every chapter in the Bible. And for those that are intimidated, you know, about, like, leading a Bible study, well, you know, this, it does it for you. you pretty much read Scripture, um, great, great little uh, commentary on the Scripture. Uh, I I think it may even have a song or something, you know, if you want to sing a song. Of course, that's really intimidating to a lot of guys. The song is optional, (laughs) (laughs) you you guys. But uh, anyhow, the books are going to be there. If we can get enough guys that want to participate and get in the case of of the uh, family worship guides, we can get them at a discount. Uh, if we get even up to 44. So if we can get over 30 men to commit to, I think it's like $12 for the book, that'd be quite a discount. And then we'll go ahead and maybe just swing, get in the whole case, and then we can get some copies in the hands of others. Uh, Really want to try to push. I'm going to be pushing. I'm going to be pushing, and I need y'all pushing me, but I'm going to be pushing for guys to commit to lead their families in worship. Uh, Jump over that hill, jump off that cliff, trust the Lord's going to catch you and bless your family. You only got one shot with your kids. And we don't want to waste it. Amen. And uh, if in, in other ways, we hope God will bless counterculture. But uh, for me, if he blesses us just to get a few men to make that commitment, I know, uh, you know, by the work of his spirit, that that will be it, it will make all of what little bit of effort we're doing uh, all worth it.
1: That's right. Sounds great. Looking forward to August 31st, Valdosta Ministry Center, Brother Joby Crane. Yes. And until we meet again, go forth, share the gospel.
2: Rise up, O men.
1: Rise up, O men.
2: <laughs> the Apostle Paul exhorted in First Corinthians 16, Act like men. We hope today's podcast has been informative and will, with God's blessing, be effectual to that end so that we can say with the Apostle, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Lift high the cross of Christ. Tread where his
1: feet have trod.